welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 98. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you. A lot to get into today. Oh my God, was it voicemail freaking overload this week? So, the New York Jets take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there was a little bit of a questionable ending with how some things went. And uh, it went up to, let's see, how many more? One, two, three, four, five. 35 voicemails since the end of the game on Sunday. I went through all of them. Um, So I appreciate everyone for calling in. I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no possible way to get through that many. So I I tried to get to as many as I could. We're going to try to go rapid fire. So if you called and I didn't get to it, I'm sorry. I appreciate you for checking in. Uh, But before we get into that, we have to remind you, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. I'm wearing the shirt today. It's a brand new year, ladies and gentlemen. The holiday season is over. Christmas in the rear view. It's a new year in 2022. Maybe you want to turn over a new leaf and you want to get yourself situated with Manscaped. I would recommend the Lawnmower 4.0 or the Performance Package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. It got everything you need in there in order to get yourself situated for what you're trying to do in your manscaping needs. Over 2 million men worldwide trust Manscaped. So head on over to manscaped.com. Use my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-2-0. You can get yourself something nice. Maybe if you don't want the lawnmower, you can get yourself the cologne. I use that. That's in my rotation. I have about four colognes that I like to rotate through, and that one is very high up on the list. So due to the number of call-ins, it's going to be a heavy reaction show. So instead of me going on and doing a rant, because we kind of did that on Monday and Tuesday's video. So instead, what I wanted to do today was just kind of do the fan reaction. What do the fans think? Because it's uh, reactions to Zach, the fourth down play, uh, going forward, Braxton Berrios, who was phenomenal last week uh, and has been really good for the Jets this season. So we have a lot to get into today. So without further ado, why am I going make to you, make you guys wait? Let's just hop right into it right now. We're going to start things off. we got to scroll back a little bit here, so give me a hot second here. Uh, We're going to start with Matt from Staten Island. He had some reaction. We're going to hop right in. This is Matt from Staten Island. I was just calling because I just watched the game and it just ended. I have no idea what happened with that fourth and two run, the QB sneak with Zach Wilson. I don't know what kind of play that was, why they called it. Uh, And obviously I'm a little upset that they did lose, but at the same time, I guess you could look at it at a good way and say that we have a higher draft pick now that we did, did lose. But I'm just happy that the Jets put up a good fight against the Buccaneers and they just did. They had a good game. I feel like Zach played pretty good. Um, so that's something you know to look at. And another game with no interceptions for Wilson. So that's another upside for the Jets. That's all I have to say. Uh, go Jets! Absolutely. And I mean, we would later find out. And this call was at. 402 so it was literally on Sunday so right after the game ended uh, and we probably at the time didn't know that it was a miscommunication right so it was supposed to go to Braxton Barrios on the end of the round there was an option on the play Uh, was it selfish I'm sure we're going to get into more of that we have a ton of different 
ton of different calls and a ton of different takes on it. Uh, and you've had takes from all over, but so I'll take you through where I was. If you haven't seen any of my reactions so far, and this is like the first thing you're seeing. Um, and if you have seen it, it'll be a brief recap. So initially before the timeout, cause the jets would take a timeout and then go and run that play. So I thought, okay, they're going to go up to the line, try to get them to jump off sides, take the timeout, kick the field goal, go up seven. Um, and I think that's probably where I would have, that's what I wanted to do. I was a little worried when they went out to run the play on fourth down. Uh, but I do get the aggressiveness. Like there, you can sell me on it. There's a world where I, I, I understand it. Okay. You don't want to give Brady the ball back in regulation and play for overtime. Like you're four, you have four wins. Like I, I get, I get all that. And I'm not mad that they went for it, but in the moment I personally was saying, okay, kick the field goal and go up seven. Anyway. Uh, when that was the play, the run up the middle, I said, huh? Okay. I don't know why uh, on fourth and two, that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just strange. And LaFleur was calling a perfect game up until that point. He's been great since, you know, the end of October, things have been looking really, really good. So I was a little bit taken aback by it because of how good of a game and how good he's been you know, been calling plays for a while now. And then we, we found out the information and look, as you said, they hung with the Super Bowl champions, a, a team that's going to be fighting for a Super Bowl or come go to represent the NFC. They hung tough. Give them credit. I, I'm absolutely going to give them credit. So um, would I have liked to see them win? Yeah, of course. But I'm not crying over that loss. It's uh, it, I'm 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 going to look at it as a learning experience for these guys. That's that's how I choose to look at it. We're going to go Nick in Suffolk. He's got some reaction, too. Let's get into it, Nick. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from Suffolk County, New York. And this was one of the most heartbreaking losses I've ever seen in my history as a Jets fan. I mean, I don't know if they were tanking the game. I don't know if they just didn't know what they were doing because how you don't blitz on, like, crucial third down after crucial third down. I mean, not once did they blitz, Matt, not once. Like, I don't know if you're as mad about that as I am, but, like, your front four has not been getting pressure pretty much the entire game. And on a potential game-winning drive where you need a stop desperately, you don't blitz once, not once. I mean, oh, my God. And we could talk about that fourth and two play call just, completely asinine. Zach Wilson is not Big Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, a QB sneak. Zach Wilson, I mean, yeah, he's a strong athlete, but he's only 6'2", 6'1", uh, 214, you know, whatever he is. But I just don't I don't understand that play call. Like, I saw Berrios rolling out. I thought they were going to give it to him. I, just, I don't know, man. This just sucks. I need, I need therapy right now. Uh, well, I have a good one. Sorry. <laughs> all good man i get it look it's heat of the moment it's a reaction i love it and again like some of this is with without having full context so uh you know for for matt and nick i get it in the moment too i was i was frustrated and i was like why was that the play call i don't know like nick says he uh one of the most heartbreaking losses i've seen in jets history um i can't go there. i personally cannot go there i can't now, to be fair, I don't know how I don't know how old Nick is. So like I don't know. Was 2009 and 2010 like were you old enough to remember that? If not, then okay, maybe. 
Maybe it could be. I, I put, man, um, in recent history, week 17 in Buffalo is high up there. Um, I mean, the, the playoff losses and the championship game losses in 2010, 2009. Uh, Doug Bryan scarred me for life at the age of nine years old. Um, I just, I personally, it's not that high up on my list because I guess I kind of went into that game numb and without any expectation. So anything that I was getting was gravy for me. So it didn't really hurt me. I get it. It sucks to watch Tom Brady go down the field and score a touchdown with 15 seconds left and and win the game. But I don't know. I'm just, like I said on the last call, I'm kind of just taking it as a learning experience for these guys. Thank you, Nick, for your call. We're going to go Joe in Trumbull. He's got his weekly Zach update. Let's hear it, man. Hey, Matt, Joe from Trumbull. Uh, you could discard the last call. I, was, I don't even know what I was saying. But uh, here's the Joe's weekly Zach Wilson update. He was so precise, driving right down the field without his tight end one, tight end two, or tight end three, without his wide receiver two, without his wide receiver three, without Corey. Like, I'm so – my confidence has risen so much just because of that game. It was already high for this kid. But I really, like, I cannot wait for next year when you get this kid weapons. Get him a tight, get him two tight ends, get him yep. one in the draft, get him one in free agency. Yep. But like, I, so proud of Zach today. Like, you know what? That was the best case scenario right there. Zach went out there and shined. Braxton looks great. He better get an extension. And we almost beat the defending Super Bowl champion. So that's a pleated team we had. But, um, that was the, the Joe's weekly update on Zach. But I have a question for you. Sure. Let's do it. I know you haven't been high on drafting a quarterback early. And I also am very similar. I don't think they will. I think they kind of go for that late. Maybe uh, Andrew Booth if he falls with the second second round pick. But um, my point case, this might be totally out of reach. I might just be saying anything. But I've noticed a lot of similarities between Derek Stingley and infamous New York Jet draft buff D. Milner. Two guys with insane feelings who have had really bad injury problems. Uh, I'd just like to get your uh, thoughts on that. How do you feel about that little comparison, I think he has a crazy ceiling, but it's either one way or the other. Like He's going to be great or he's going to be very rocky, not going to be able to stay on the field. That's just my opinion. Uh, have a good one, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Let's go, Jets. Yeah, man. Lo- I agree 100% with the weekly Zach update. That was my favorite Zach Wilson game. Now, I know the Tennessee one was a really fun second half, and I know uh, the first half against the Philadelphia Eagles was phenomenal. He was going punch for punch with them, three touchdowns in the first half awesome but from start to finish that was to me it's not even close that was his best game uh, he was making some really 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 big time throws um and he went toe-to-toe with tom brady and he had his team in a chance to, to win the game um there was a mistake at the end obviously but i would rather him make that mistake as a rookie and i'd rather this coaching staff uh make that mistake now when the wins and losses don't really mean as much than next year when you're hopefully you know competing so i i'm again i'm this is kind of my theme here. I, I want to use this as a learning experience for them. As far as the Derek Stingley one, um, I, I definitely think that's fair, right? You have two guys highly touted. Probably, I'm going to imagine Stingley's going to go in the top 10. Um, Mil- was Milner a top 10 pick? I guess he was, right? Yeah, he must have been because after 20, the Jets were 6-10 and 10 in 2012, so he, he must have been. I guess pick 13 was Sheldon Richardson. Anyway, sorry, it doesn't matter to me uh, where, where those picked. The point is, both highly touted 
cornerback prospects, but both with injury history, both at, at big school, LSU, Alabama, uh, you know, had really good college careers. Uh, but there is that, you know, hanging over your head, the injury. So I think that's a, I think that's a fair comparison. Um, I don't know. Like, that's not the reason why I don't want the Jets to draft him. Uh, and I'm not saying that's yours either here, Joe. Um, I just, I think they're probably going to go free agency and uh, a mid-round guy to round up that room. Because really like what you have with Bryce Hall. Eccles, I think, is like good for you know depth. That was like maybe your fourth corner. Michael Carter, the second in the slot. Add someone in free agency, add someone in the middle rounds, and then there you go. And and I'd be okay with that when you consider that this team is going to, you know, put their assets uh at, at more than likely edge rusher and, and linebacker. So um I'm I'm good with that, Joe. Um and that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. But I, I think your comparison is is fair. I don't think you're reaching at all. Matt in Burlington is up next. He's got reaction too. Let's do it. Hey, Matt, it is Matt up in Burlington, and the game just ended, and, man, we had him on the ropes. And, you know, yes, I, I know I'm supposed to be sad or mad at LaFleur for doing the QB sneak, but I'm just not. I feel, like, really good for some weird reason. I guess it's because Zach had almost no weapons. You know, his best guy was, you know, the white boy of our dreams, Braxton <laughs> Berrios. Yep. He lost Michael Carter at the start of the game, basically, and they had them on the ropes up until the end of the game. We had them on the ropes so bad that Antonio Brown quit on his own team. Yes. I mean, that's that's the kind of beating that, you know, is rare in this world. And, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm just, like, too much of, like, a positive thinker, and I just feel to myself, like, you know what? We played a good game. But I don't I don't feel too bad about this, and I think... You know, for the first time, I really feel like Zach Wilson. I really I like him. I, I finally, it took all the way to week 16 for me to like him, but I, I do. So go Jets, and let's hope that maybe, just maybe, we can beat the Bills next week. All right, brother, peace out. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. So what he was able to do with his weapons was really impressive. I agree with that 100%. Braxton Barrios was really the only receiver that I trusted. Keelan Cole had a big drop. Um, oh my God. Jeff Smith had another big drop. Like the only one who I was trusting was okay. You know, you know, get the ball to Braxton. And when you're down, as you listed your top three receivers, no Crowder, who's a steady slot presence. We know that he's established. Elijah Moore was coming on really strong. And while Corey Davis is disappointed, you know, he, he's a, a quality NFL receiver. Is he phenomenal? No. Is he a good number two? Yes. I think, that, I think even the ones who have soured on Corey Davis would even admit that. Um, as for the second part, just to talk on this for a little bit, because you you brought it up with Antonio Brown leaving. Antonio Brown obviously has issues that he needs to take care of, right? Mental health is something that I take very seriously. Um, and he he's someone who, you know, he, he definitely needs help. But at the same time, how many chances and how many times are you just going to, you know, look past certain things that he's done? Whether it's the sexual assault allegations, whether it's the false vaccine information, whether it's leaving the field, uh, you know, in the middle of the game, taking your pads off. And like, 
this goes back to to his time with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's kind of another subway. I'm, I know I'm all over the map here, but I promise it's gonna all tie together. So Mike Tomlin officially clinched in his win on Monday Night Football that his team's not gonna have a losing season. He's been in the league for 15 years, coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers as the head coach. He has not had a losing season in 15 years. That's impressive. On top of that, he also, in the same locker room, dealt with Ben Roethlisberger, who's not the easiest to deal with, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and kept it pretty sane. Like They were good teams, and they made the playoffs a couple of times. So, honestly, hat tip to him. Somehow, Mike Tomlin is still an underrated head coach in this league. I don't quite understand it, but he is. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I hope Antonio Brown does not get signed by another team. I think that would be a mistake. He's gotten, I, people deserve second chances. He's gotten four, five chances. Tom Brady sticks your neck out for you. And you, this is the thanks that you give him. I, it's just n- n- not for me. Um, we're going to go Johnny Jets up next. And thank you, Matt, for calling in. Hey, Matt, big fan. Been a fan since 1978. Johnny Love Jets it. here. Uh, just letting letting everyone know that the, I believe the New York Jets put the NFL on alert. They are the real deal. Coach Silas doing his thing. Zach Wilson is going to be good. You have to be patient. And a couple key pieces, and I think the Jets are contenders. And within year three, four, there are Super Bowl contenders. I really hope so, Johnny Jets, and thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it, man. Um, I, I'm I'm thrilled with what we've seen from Zach Wilson. Uh, he's really turned it around. He looks a lot more comfortable, and this offseason is going to be huge for Joe Douglas, for this franchise, for Robert Sala, for everyone involved in this franchise, right? Because you look at where they've been, two-win team, probably going to be a four-win team this year. You have to take another significant step forward. You can't be satisfied if you went if you come out and have five or six wins next year. That's not enough progress. With the amount of cap space that they're going to have and draft capital that you could use either on a specific player in the draft or you could trade a draft pick for an established player in this league. There are many, many ways to build a roster, and it can't just be all wait for the draft, wait for the draft, wait for the draft. No, you have to build a core through the draft, but you have to supplement that roster through both free agency and through trades, which Douglas has done a phenomenal job trading players away and getting draft assets back. And I like the trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I don't, <laughs> I, I laugh because Kellen Mond, who was one of the third round picks the Jets gave up, is so bad that he can't even get on the field in week 18, 17 or 18 for the Minnesota Vikings who are out of it and they start Sean Mannion, whatever the hell his name is. It's just stupid. But anyway, um, back to this. They really need to make significant strides next year in the win-loss column. You have to. With, again, you have, you're going to have two top 10 picks. You're going to have two picks in the second round, early in the second round. You're going to have a, t- a ton of cap space. You, you have to be competitive in December or into January. There's no reason that this team can't win eight, nine, ten games next year. And I know we have no idea what the roster looks like, but that has to be the expectation because you can't just kick the can down the road like and preach this rebuild. It's BS. There are no five-year rebuilds in the NFL anymore. The Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to stink this year. They're going to be a playoff team. 
Like the Eagles were legitimately legitimately in the conversation for going going to have the number one pick in the draft this year. I thought they were for sure going to be a bottom three team in the league, and they are in the playoffs. Right? The Miami Dolphins turned their season around. They were supposed to be a bottom feeder a few years ago. They won a few more games down the stretch. Uh, and then last year they won 10 games and this year, yeah, you're, they're not, you know, they're not making the playoffs, but they were competitive after starting the year, you know, awful, a little bit too little too late there, but they turned it around the New England Patriots. I mean, it helps when you have a, a, a coach like that and you know, the, the best to ever do it in, in uh, Bill Belichick, but they were, they were competitive. So, I really don't. The Bengals, there you go. That was the example I wanted to hit on. I, I was stalling because I knew there was one more. The Bengals. They had the number one overall pick in 2019. They won their division in 2021. They, they, there you go. The Jets had the number two pick in 2020 or 2021, I guess. What, what can you do next year? You have to give me some progress here. Thank you, Johnny Jets. Let's go, Gary, in New Jersey. Hey, Matt. Gary calling from um, New Jersey. Uh, I just came back from the Bucks game, Bucks Jets, and let me tell you, it was a great game. Uh, saw some major progression from Wilson. He just looked competent, composed, and um, that's what he did without Davis and Moore, and it just looked good, so I'm excited to see what he can do next year. And also, just one more thing. If the Jets were to trade out, if they are sitting at four or five or whatever, trade out of one of those picks, what is it worth? Is it worth another first rounder or not? So, yeah. Thank you. And uh, go Jets. Yeah, absolutely. I want to look up right now off the top of my head. I had it before. I think it was the when the Dolphins traded back. I know that was pick three, but they got uh, a significant return. NFL draft trade. Sorry, give me a second. I'll talk through it. But yes, you could absolutely, if you do trade out, depending on how far you go back, you could absolutely get a first rounder for next year if you wanted to do that. Uh, Here you go. Uh, The 49ers and Dolphins trade. Uh, The 49ers received pick three, and they gave up pick number 12, a 2022 first, a 2022 third, and a 2023 first. So that's a lot. That's a, it's a significant move back. I think you're probably more likely to see a package like this. So Dolphins Eagles last year, Dolphins traded the fifth pick and 2021 first round pick. Oh no, I'm sorry. 2021 first round pick, 2021 fifth round pick, which was pick number six and 156 for pick number 12. Pick number 123, which is a fourth rounder, and then a first rounder next year. So you're probably moving back. If you want to move back, I don't know, six spots, a mid-round pick, and then a first round pick next year. That makes sense. Or the And then the Eagles ended up trading that pick up. So they did a first and a third. Uh, what was even the Giants and the Bears? So Bears were sitting at pick 20. The Giants were sitting at pick 11. Uh, it was a first-round pick swap, 
And then the Giants also got a fifth rounder in 2021 and 2022. They got a first and a fourth. Obviously, it's going to cost more if teams are coming up to get a quarterback. There's not really a quarterback in this draft class that teams are going to be coming up for. Um, at least in my eyes, there's not one that jumps out. Um, but you can still, if your question is if you get a first next year for moving back, yeah, you could, you, you absolutely could. Jake, New Jersey, what do we got, my friend? Hey, what's up, Matt? It's Jake from Jersey. Uh, just wanted to say uh, after this Bucks, uh, this Jets Bucks game, uh, Wilson looked awesome. He looks great. Uh, we need to extend Braxton. I uh, just want to see what you would uh, put together for a contract for him, like what you think it would be, how many years, how much. And also, I just want to say uh, I hope over the, the next game, the Bills game, Kenny Yeboah gets uh, some more playing time. He actually made some good catches. I know he only had two, but still, I think he could be uh, maybe tight end number two next year if we draft tight end number one in the – I mean, hmm. uh, yeah, tight end number two next year if we draft a tight end this year. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, with Kenny Yeboah, I would like to see him this week just because, like, Tyler Croft's not a long-term answer. He's been hurt anyway. Daniel Brown – same thing. Ryan Griffin, is he still alive? <laughs> What's he doing? Um, but you got you got you get the point. Kenny Aboa, I would probably like to go into next year with him as tight end three. I would really like to uh sign someone like Dalton Schultz, I think is a perfect fit. I know Mike Jacecki's a name that gets brought up a lot, but he he can't he can't block. He doesn't play in line tight ends. He lines up pretty much as a big slot receiver. Uh Dalton Schultz is a really good blocker and holds his own as a pass catcher and then I think you draft one in the second or third round and then like that's there's your formidable tight end room to really run this offense with Braxton Barrios I agree you have to resign him uh and I think that he is um probably someone who I'm trying to think maybe five million dollars at the most four or five million dollars in that range over three years I guess Right, because anything more than that starts to get a bit much, and I I like Braxton. Um, I think he's at this point developed into like a nice fourth receiver and um, a good kick returner and punt returner. I think it's as simple as that, uh, and it depends on how much you value that. I don't think anything more than really like if you're starting to get up six or seven million dollars a year. Do you want to pay that for someone who's probably going to be your fourth receiver? Because if you go into next year with him as your number three, the reason why I don't want to do that is because then you have two receivers as your starters in both him and Elijah Moore who are under 5'10", a smaller size. The Jets really need another, like a big body receiver on the outside. Um, So to me... Barrios's role is more of a gadget fourth wide receiver come in every once in a while uh, while also being your you know punt returner kick returner. I think that's his perfect role. Uh, let's go to Brian. He is calling in from where? Atlanta. Here we go. Hey Matt, Brian from Atlanta. Uh, this week, man. Uh, this is what I've been expecting and hoping for all along, to be in a game all the way to the end. I didn't expect to be in this game at all, defending Super Bowl champions. Zach Wilson showing more progress this week. Uh, he would have had a bunch more yards if 
didn't have the drops by Cole. That's a fact. A couple others. Um, yeah, they they looked good, you know, and you know the fourth and two play call. That's all on the coaches, not on Zach. Um, coaches blew the game for them today on both on the offense and the defense. The, the way they played on that last drive uh, with that soft zone against Tom Brady, you can't play like that against them. Um, and both that's something we have to expect. You know, we give Zach, you know, the passes on things that he did earlier in the season because he's a rookie. we got to give passes to the coaches here and there. That's fair. For the same reason. They're rookies too. So, But progress is being made. I mean, we're competing against Super Bowl caliber teams now. Um, I hope next week we see the same thing. We see competitiveness. Uh, and just Zach with no more turnovers, another 200-plus yard game. You know, that's to me, that's progress, and that's all we wanted. And then we get healthy, and next season we start the year off strong. Uh, it doesn't matter what the schedule is. It looks like Amen. we can compete against teams. You know, and we had all these pieces missing today, and we still competed. Um, only question I have, when I was sitting there watching, when they got to the fourth and two, I would have went for the field goal. Me too. That way he comes down, he ties it up, we still go to overtime. What would your play call have been hmm. fourth and two? Or even roll out, do something more creative than a quarterback sneak. But give me what your play call would have been on that fourth oh. and two, or if you even want to just kick the field goal. Hi, right, man. Hope you had a good New Year. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, you buddy. there for a little bit. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate Bye. it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to say, I like I said, I, I probably would have kicked the field goal, but if I was going to go for it, Honestly, I would have let him throw for it, and I would have had him line up in the shotgun and maybe try to do like a little, I don't know, over-the-middle kind of slant thing to Braxton Barrios, something like that. Um, I would, I would, The right idea to feed Braxton, they were going on the end of the round there, but I, I think I would have had Zach throw for it. Because if you don't get it, even if you run it and you don't get it, the clock stops because the possession changes. So it's not even like, oh, you know, you're gonna you're trying to run the run the clock. It, it, you're not really in a situation like that. So I think I would have had him throw for it. That'd have been my only critique of it. But I'm kind of with you. I would my my gut was telling me kick the field goal. Let's do Eric in Belgium, man. He's calling in. He's got some reaction too. Let's do it. Hey, what's up, Matt? It's Eric. I'm calling from Belgium. Uh, so yesterday, uh, you know, I liked what I saw out of him out of Wilson. He looked a lot better a lot more comfortable and you know his numbers would have been a hell of a lot better had he had some real receivers out there i mean barrios is okay but you know we really need to surround this guy um with another stud lineman and a, a stud receiver who can stay on the field and be healthy if you got you know i don't know if we could sign Devonta adams great if not i don't want godwin i don't want alan robinson uh i suggest drafting one in the first round and signing a lineman, which leads me to my, I mean, drafting a lineman, which leads me to my question of uh, who could they sign out there this year? Who will be available Ooh. pass rushing wise and corner wise? Um, I want them to address the defensive free agency and address the offense in the draft. I think it's a, uh, we're not going to ha- get a shot at one of those two pass rushers. So I think, you know, it's best we take the lineman and, uh, and a stud receiver like they kid out of Alabama. I really like the kid out of Arkansas, by the way, a lot. Burks? 6'4", blazing speed. He, Me too. He's, 
he seems to have that it factor from what I've seen. And he can play against top-notch competition. So he's not shy. He's, you know, got that alpha male personality. So, uh, you know, I really hope they, they address lineman and receiver with the first two picks and really put something around him. Because I saw yesterday, man, if we had had better receivers out there, we would have won that game. I do believe that. And just for the Possible. record, uh, I don't think Matt Jones is anything special. I think he's checked down Charlie compared to, uh, <laughs> you know, the way Herbert or Burrow played. He's Check not down Charlie. those guys. It's the no. system he's playing in. That's why he's shining. I, I think our quarterback has a thousand times better arm than he does. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, go Jets. Appreciate it, Eric. Um, let's see. All right. So if that's the plan, right, you want to go offensive line and wide receiver, fine. I mean, you don't, you don't have to – you don't have to convince me on that. Like, I'm not going to get mad at trying to make life for your 20, your then 23 year old quarterback. Or is he still going to be 22? It doesn't matter. Point being, <laughs> I'm not going to be upset if you try to make life easy for your young quarterback. Um, do you want to go see if you can get Chandler Jones here? I know he's old, but I the production uh, for edge rushers doesn't necessarily fade as quickly as it does at like safety or corner or running back, right? I feel like linemen could last a while. Because you've had multiple examples of that. Julius Peppers lasted forever. Um oh my God. Justin Houston. I, I don't know, I was blanking on his on his name for a second. Uh Jason Taylor lasted forever. Like you could have some good years into your, you know, mid thirties there. Um to bring him in, in a couple of years. Emmanuel Ogba Maybe. Um, as for corner, I would. the dream is J.C. Jackson. I don't know if Bill lets him get to free agency. If he does, give him the bag. Maybe someone like Anthony Averitt, something like that. Um, there's, a, there's a few ways you can go. Man, J.C. Jackson would be fun, though. I, that's, I would love J.C. Jackson. Next up, we have Ride. He wants to get into Braxton Berrios. Hey, Matt. My name is Ride, first time calling in, long time viewer and supporter of the channel. Thank you. Um, so, like I said, it's my first time calling, and uh, I think there's a lot of things we could talk about from Sunday's game against Tampa Bay, but for the first time, I'll focus just sort of on the offensive side of things, particularly the receiver room and the offensive line. So, let's start with the receiver room, or whatever was left of it on Sunday. <laughs> um, so, obviously, I think we all saw that Braxton Barrios has a tremendous amount of value as this sort of gadget slot receiver. Yep. Um, and obviously he is going to have free agency coming up. And so I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts about re-signing Braxton. Um, obviously not trying to pay top dollar and nor is he that type of guy. But has he kind of made a name for himself here uh, over the last few weeks being a fringe uh, pro bowler on special teams and showing some value as a receiver as well. And then the other thing about the receiver room is, despite the guys that were out there, I mean, as diehards, I think even some of us didn't know who was out there. No Denzel Mims. A uh, little alarming and wondering no, if Barry. he'll even be on the roster next year or gets a better shot than this. Another thing I wanted to point out about the offense is the offensive line. I think a lot of us, you know, had our memes and jokes about Dan Feeney, um, but he held his own out there at center, which you know shows some position versatility. And the unit, which is banged up as a whole, is outside maybe Idoga. 
held their own. I was sad to see Michael Carter go down, but could have had a monster game there. So, you know, I know a lot of our focus in the in the off season is definitely drafting more premium offensive line help, but I'm definitely impressed with how this unit has performed so far, um, and makes me think maybe we don't we don't need to go top ten for offensive line considering the way we're playing. Um, obviously, can't ever have enough bodies, but let me know your thoughts. Hopefully, I didn't call for too long. Always a fan of the show. Watch every day. Thank you. Um, but yeah, let's go Jets and take care, Matt. Continue, continue to support. Really means a lot. I appreciate the support. Um, I love being able to do what I do every day. It makes me really happy that you guys like it too and tune in all the time. Um, with Braxton, I agree. You got to bring him back. As we said earlier, maybe around 5 million bucks for three, three years. Um, Denzel is absolutely sh- I, shocked. Um, I'm not banging the drum for him to play right now. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lost year. It's It was a lost sophomore year for Denzel. I was high on him after his first. I liked him at Baylor. I liked him in the draft process. I liked him as a rookie. I, he just forgot to play how to play football <laughs> this year. Uh, baffling, like similar with Chris Herndon, had a very promising rookie year and then just absolutely derails after that. Very bizarre. Um, but like next week, I'm not, I don't think anyone is rationally banging the drums for Denzel. It's, it is what it is. Dan Feeney, um, pass blocking was pretty good. Run block numbers, not great. Um, but, in a pinch, he comes in and plays okay. Again, you just—I didn't want him to start for this team, or I didn't want him to come in for GVR. I don't think that would have been great. So, you know, they still have some work to do on the interior of that offensive line. I think you bring McGovern back, look for a right guard upgrade in either the free agency or the draft. There you go. Now you're cooking. Get Makai back. That's what I'm looking forward to too. Thank you, Ryder. Let's go, Dom, Long Island. Dom, what do you got, buddy? Yo, Matt, Dom from Long Island. I'm calling in again. Just called like two minutes ago. Um, just wanted to give a little bit of clarity to what I said before. Don't know if you want to air this call, just just to give you the context, whatever. I definitely think the coaching staff has all the responsibility with getting that communication to, to Zach that he needs to hand the ball to Berrios. My point in mentioning the coaching and Dan Feeney and all that is just to say that this coaching staff has done a lot for these players so far. I mean, I can see it in the way that the team's playing, considering how many starters we have out and the way that they played yesterday. Um, but I definitely need to get better in the whole just competency of the coaching in-game. That's definitely a little bit disappointing, a little bit lacking. Um, and I think that'll come with experience. And, yeah want to provide that context definitely don't want to act like i'm not aware that that was a horrible coaching decision but um yeah good. no you're you're good man i i knew what you meant and the reason why i just i just played the the second call here because uh i just wanted to give as much context as uh we could and i couldn't play both with the amount of uh time restraints i had with the number of calls so i knew what you meant Dom. but just i i agree with you um, they're young. They're young staff. They're learning on the fly too. They are. Um, 
you obviously wouldn't don't wish for something like that to happen, but it, it happened. You learn from it, you move on from it, and don't let it happen again. Um, and just to go back for a second, I had the uh, Dan Feeney numbers reversed. It was he, the run blocking grade that was very high, the pass blocking that wasn't. He had a bad snap on a third down play too, but he did more of the story. He absolutely did play above where I thought he would be the last couple of weeks. So I will tip my cap to Dan Feeney. Uh, he was absolutely better than I thought he was going to be. So I will give him credit there. Let's go, Ben, New Jersey. He wants to get into the SNY comments. All right, let's do it, man. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. I was going to make a voicemail just recalling the game against Tampa Bay, but something caught my eye today that I just have to talk about. So I was scrolling through Instagram today, and I see a clip of Bart Scott, who usually – obviously former Jet, and he usually talks good about the Jets. He usually um, says really good things about them. But today, what I saw today, I saw him basically calling Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson selfish and basically taking personal attacks to him. He basically, he was saying that the calls to um, sneak it on fourth and two was because Zach Wilson is a selfish player. And that just, that really ticked me off. First of all, it's kind of ironic that he says that, considering Barscott is someone who used to flip off photographers when he was a player in the locker room, and he used to basically make racist remarks towards Mark Sanchez, usually, usually like involving like Mexican terms such as like nacho and taco when he talked about him. And I just feel like what he said was unnecessary, and for what the coaches and teammates say about Wilson, he's anything but selfish. He spends countless hours looking at film and watching it over trying to better himself. And for Bart Scott to come out and say that he's selfish because he thought he saw had an opportunity to sneak it in and win the game on fourth and two rather than hand it off, it just, it's just annoying to hear. And it's not, and I know he's not suffering from the beat, but even just like reporters in general, it seems like they don't care about that Zach Wilson had arguably his best game as a pro and almost beat and went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and collapsed because his tackle went out uh, with injury and he could, didn't have time to make any plays. Nope. No, it was about how Wilson was a selfish player, apparently, <laughs> and didn't get the QB sneak on fourth and two to steal the game. <laughs> it's just really annoying to hear no matter what we do, we always seem to lose with the media. When we win, oh, we screw up our draft picks, same old Jets. When we lose, oh, the rookie quarterback didn't do enough, even though <laughs> he made Braxton Berrios look like Wes Welker. Just so frustrating, man. That's all I have to say. Let me know your thoughts on this, and as always, go Jets. Yeah, I am not a fan of that SNY postgame show. Um, I thought they were not like I was going to say critical, but that's not even fair because it's completely reasonable to criticize Zach Wilson for what he does on the field. That is that's on the table. That's fine. Early in the year, you want to criticize Zach Wilson for not making the throws or looking lost at times or the interceptions being up at high, high. Sure. Okay. That's fair game. Selfish. 
SpongeBob legs. You have to apologize, a me guy. What? That to me tells me, and we go right. I say the same things to callers, to people in the comments. That tells me that you had a preconceived notion about Zach Wilson before the year started or during the draft process. You didn't want the Jets to have Zach Wilson. You either wanted Justin Fields, which is fine, or you wanted to keep Sam Darnold. The most heavy Zach Wilson critics are the ones who were fighting to keep Sam or the ones who wanted Justin Fields. And like, I get it. Fields is a great quarterback prospect. I would have been happy if the Jets selected Justin Fields. Did I prefer Wilson? Yeah. But as I said, if you guys remember a year ago when I was talking about this, what I was saying was, hey, give me either one of those guys. I think you can make either one a great prospect. There's three quarterbacks that I feel really good about in this quarterback class. Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields. Those are my three. But those comments on your own network's TV show, like, look, again, I'm not saying that any form of criticism is not on, not, you know, on the table, but that, that was, it was just, it was bizarre. It was, it was weird. Um, so no, I don't think Zach Wilson's selfish. And, uh, another plug, I put it out. I put the clip out on Twitter. It's on YouTube already. If you want to scroll back to last February, I interviewed Jay Drew, who covered, or and still covers, BYU for Deseret Sports or Deseret News. Um, was with Zach Wilson his entire college career. Asked him point blank about Zach Wilson, the narrative that Zach Wilson's a spoiled kid. And he told me that he drove for DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever it was. When he was out in California working with John Beck, who is now the a, a coach on the Jets staff, uh, and he was doing DoorDash or whatever the hell it was to pay for his uh, his quarterback lessons. And that he drives a, was it, beat-up Mazda 6 on campus, and he had this old Jeep that he gave to his brother. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. And uh, the teammates in the locker room, don't show it either. So don't know where are we at now, James, let's do that. Oh no, I'm sorry. We were, I, I missed, uh, Eric from Florida and then we'll get to James, Eric from Florida. Let's do draft talk. What's up, Matt. This is Eric from Florida. And I was just going to ask a couple questions about the, uh, draft and what you thought about this. Um, one of the big things I was thinking, seeing a lot of the takes and looking for defensive players, I know we have a big need for defense and a lot of different players, but what do you think about the whole building around your quarterback philosophy? Um, I think that, you know, you look at a lot of these other teams and how they build around their quarterbacks and they draft that way too. Um, I was wondering if that's going to be the smarter route for us, maybe go offense with our first two uh, first-round picks. Uh, but I don't know. I know we kind of need a lot of things right now, but I think that that might be the best philosophy and the best strategy for the draft. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Do you think we should go offense heavy or defense heavy this draft? Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye. 
I'm going to take the cop out answer and say you got to you got to address both sides of the ball. But there's a world where you you want to use your first two picks on offense. Okay, fine. Then what you have to do is you have to pay a linebacker, pay a corner, and pay a safety, and then supplement your defense with mid-round picks after that. Kind of like what you did in this past draft. You want to draft Neal and Williams, Jameson Williams? Sure. You want to draft Traylon Burks? Sure. Absolutely. Why not? Let's have some fun, I say. You might as well try to have some fun on offense. And, like, how can you get mad? Again, I'll say it again. How can you make mad? get mad? If you want to help out your young quarterback, if Joe Douglas goes that route. You just saw the Cincinnati Bengals have success doing it. And, sure, you're going to have to, you know, course correct a little bit and address the offensive line pretty heavy in the draft this year. But you added to an already good receiver room. They already had a good room. And then they said, oh, we'll draft Jamar Chase at the top of the draft. And it worked. It worked. So, no, Eric, I'm not opposed to it. But you can't ignore edge. You can't ignore linebacker. You can't ignore corner. And you can't ignore safety. But free agency exists for a reason. Supplement your roster. There's definitely a world where you can do that correctly. Now we'll get to James in New Jersey. James, what do you have, my friend? Matty O is James from New Jersey. How's it going, sir? So first of all, business, happy holidays and happy new year to you. I haven't got a chance to call you in a while. Thank you. Um, you too, man. Second of business, I did not get a chance to watch this game on a Sunday because I had to be in a meeting, in an all-day meeting with my job. But um, one of the things that obviously came up to mind, obviously one, or a couple of things. One, Antonio Brown get rage quitting against the Jets because he's not <laughs> right in the head. But of all the teams, he rage quits against the Jets. Anything happens. And then two, fortune two. Now, I'm calling again. This is the second voice I'm calling you this week because you, I kind of answered my question about the SNY media bashing Zach Wilson. Um, I think it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, could we have won the game? Yeah. I think the severity of the media being that, uh, being get the word abrasive as they are, is because we almost had a chance to beat Tom Brady. And everybody knows how New York is not like Tom Brady. Fair. Totally but fair. That, be that as it may, I'm still happy looking at the highlights of the game that we performed. Braxton Burial should be a priority to get re-signed for Zach Wilson as a weapon for next year going to 2022. Um, I think we are looking on the up and coming for next year and hopeful. You know, we could have got easily creamed. I expect us to get blown out just as much as we got blown out by the Patriots for this game because we're going to get Super Bowl contenders. But Fair. we held our own. We were in the league almost all game. Um, you know, it just is what it is. Again, I didn't watch the game. It sucks that we lost. But, um, you know, I think the future is bright for this team and for Zach Wilson, despite of the quote-unquote selfishness. I think it's ridiculous that, uh, you know, that that's why people did what they said. What they said. Um, you know, I guess because we could have won the game, but it is what it is. But uh, thank you for listening, man. That's all I got to say. Um, go Jets and hopefully have a better 2022. Yeah, man, I really hope we have a better 22. Appreciate you calling in, as always, James. And you're right. You hit on a lot of key points. Um, They weren't supposed to be competitive in the game. They were. New York hates Tom Brady. Bart Scott hates Tom Brady. Like, I I, I get it. I get all that. I do. I wanted to win the game. But when you're 4-11, it doesn't matter, man. It it doesn't. It's You could spin it to being a learning 
curve, which is what I want to do. And you're right, man. You're right. They have to bring back. Braxton Berrios played himself into a part where you have to bring him back. He's got to be a part of this team as a core special teamer and your fourth receiver. He's been too good this year. He's been really, really good for the Jets this year. We're going to close out with Eddie in North Carolina. He wants to close out on Zach, too. Let's do it, my friend. Hey, this is Eddie from North Carolina. I want to talk about the fourth and two. Um, I was watching your video on how SNY was bashing Zach. Listen, he's 22 years old. In the playbook, what was called on the sideline was an option play. Yep. But I blame this on the coaches 100%. They were in a timeout. They should have made it as clear as crystal to Zach that this is not an option play. Two yards is too far. We're going to run the jet sweep to Barrios and live and die with that. And that is where the problem lied. They didn't communicate the fact that the even though it's called an option in the playbook, this particular time... There is no option. Hand it to Berrios. <laughs> That's where the problem lied. And I think the guys on SNY bashing Zach are just looking for clickbait. So once again, hashtag boycott the beat. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Great content. I love you, Ryan and Green Bean, when you guys are on on th- Tuesdays. I enjoy watching you guys. Have a great time. Go Jets. Love it. That's a perfect way to end off on. Absolutely love it. And you're right. That's a great call, Eddie, by the way. They were in a timeout. You're right. I didn't even, that, No one's talking about that. They were in a timeout, man. Just say, hey, we're going to run the end around to bury us and pick this thing up. Okay. You, you know Wilson went to the sideline. Yeah, that, that, that's a great call, Eddie. Uh, and you're right, man. Hashtag boycott the beat. And, I, and technically, SNY isn't the beat, but... With the amount of independent creators out there, and I appreciate you tuning into the stream. I record this show and edit on, on I record the show on Tuesday and then edit Wednesday morning and upload on Wednesday. I'm we're gonna start the stream in ten minutes. So I'm I'm running tight up until this show. But if you are someone who is tired of the the, the drama stirred up by the New York media there are better alternative options. And I say it all the time. You don't even have to like me. I don't know why you would watch a video of someone that you don't like, but you see in the comments, I see the same people in the comments hating all the time. Um, so there, there are, but I'm not even saying for me, green bean, Ryan, go right down the line. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave people out. So I, I won't even, I won't, even go and, and list off people. You, you, you know, the YouTube community, community, the podcast community on Twitter, the websites independent. That's the way to go. People who see it as, as through the lens of a fan who live and breathe it, who get it and who don't have an agenda. I don't. People think that I do sometimes, but from my heart of heart, honestly, I am telling you, and I know it's, that doesn't always work out that way. And sure, everyone has a little inherent bias in them at some point. I try my absolute best to stay as even keeled 
or as neutral as possible and give you my honest assessment of what I am seeing and what I think. That's it. There's no there's no spin. Yes, it's no secret. Just like any of the beat writers or SNY, I make money by how many people tune in to my stuff, but I'm not purposely having takes to get people to come in. That's not me. I don't want to do that. I want to turn into a hot, the hot take guy who just has, you know, these ridiculous takes just to have the take and get people to click on your stuff. That's not, that's not what I want to do. That's not me. And that's not Greenbean. It's not Ryan. It's not any of the independent guys. It's not. They have their legitimate feelings on the team. They want to get it out there. And if you're a Jet fan, hashtag boycott the beat. And by the way, just wanted to mention, if you haven't, if you didn't get the shirt, that, that that's that's fine. Or if you still want to get the shirt, you can. But I was running a couple of weeks before. When did I drop the shirt? I guess on Christmas or right around Christmas. Uh, I could tell you right now. Uh, and it ran through the end of the year. The Boycott the Beat shirt, which was the campaign started on the 22nd. Uh, we were able to raise money off selling that, that shirt. that And the money went to St. Jude. Um, any of the profit that was made from that shirt. Uh, obviously, I don't make the shirt personally. So once you know they, they get taken care of, the money went to um, St. Jude, which was awesome. The amount of people that just want to hop on this hashtag boycott the beat, support that, which I agree with. And then on top of that, support a great cause in St. Jude. That meant the world to me. So I just wanted to end the show by saying thank you for you know, have a, supporting me and supporting that cause. It really means a lot to me. So that's it. I'm getting off my soapbox. It's a long episode. We've got a ton of calls out of the way. If I didn't get to you again, I'm sorry. Uh, next week, next week, one more game left. I'll cover that, preview that for the rest of the week. And that'll do it, man. We're in off-season time. Subscribe if you're new. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.